Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two story building. Beautiful place, uh, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out, Southeastern, on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia, on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bao uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp, shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of bunch of good stuff. man. if you've never had Chinese bao, it's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bao restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show. Saturday morning, you know what that means. As always, it's the Modcast edition with uh, Cole Pinkston, Jeffrey Lee, and myself, Justin Hokinson. Part all the uh, all the Auburn Live team here, the AuburnLive.com team here, and alive and well. I think maybe alive. I don't know about well. How's everybody feeling? Good, man. Doing great. 
Dude, this weather, I mean, it's hard not to be good when when uh when that weather kicks and we've had a couple of days in the 70s. I mean, freaking perfect. I can't not be in a good mood. Yeah, it feels like college football starting again this weekend because football weather all the way. Look at look at look at Jeffrey's taking a nap. It's so good. <laughs> I was actually daydreaming about hunting, man. This is this is a good time to think about that hunting season. Oh man, greenfields, greenfields are planted. We got some good rain on them this past week. Well, they're already sprouting, looking good. Yeah, rain's been crazy, man. We had some serious rain. Listen, anytime you ever want some rain, if there's ever a drought, let me paint my house. <laughs> I've been trying to paint my house all summer. The damn rain will not stop. So anytime y'all need some rain, you just let me know and I'll schedule a house painting. It's been all awesome. that or uh that or me running the sprinklers. I mean, I, I have them turned off. If I go manually turn them on, I promise you it's raining within six hours. That's I pick the worst times to go manually turn on my sprinklers and then it'll rain. I'm like, well, that's just great. Just toss that money in the trash can. I love seeing sprinklers on in the rain. That is the best. I'm like, good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> in the rain's the best. I'll do it beforehand. But yeah, in the rain when uh yeah, I'm like, you guys are really, really nailing it today. Um man. Um gosh, you know, Penn State. Let's talk about this Penn State game. It's like we, we have this big game and then we got to turn around and play Georgia State. It's kind of this another another uh another game. Although I'm curious to see how Auburn comes out against Georgia State. Like, is there any letdown? I don't think so. I think I think they played well enough where there's not like a going to be a big letdown. I think there's a lot to learn from that Penn State game. But let's just start, Jeffrey. I've talked to Cole a little bit. I haven't talked to you as much about about this Penn State game um, and and what you thought. Um, by the way, we had a, the for for anybody that didn't join our Twitter Spaces, that was awesome. Man, at halftime, we had a lot of people on. Um, so we might try to make that a thing when we can um, to do more of those. It's just so fun and easy. And Trey Donaldson popping on was cool. But um, what was sort of – now you had a time to digest Penn State and listen to Coach Harson, read some of the quotes, read some of the quotes from the players. What – you know, how do you come away from that Penn State game? What, what are your thoughts on this Auburn team? Like what do you – what do you think they're about now? You feel better, worse about their chances of winning eight, eight games? Or I feel tell better. Me where you're at. I feel better. And the thing that I took most away from that game, and I want to credit my good buddy, Matthew Klein, um, who said in a uh, group text, our, our fantasy football group text, he said, um, I'm not finding a whole lot of big picture stuff to complain about. He walks away from that game, and I'm going, that's exactly kind of the way I'm feeling too. Yeah, there was some nitpicky stuff that, you know, there was some, some things, some calls, but overall you walk away, or at least I do. I go, Matt, it, Brian Harson is an instant upgrade from what we saw the past seven years. I didn't agree with everything, probably a good thing because I'm not the best to, be, to agree with when it comes to those things. Uh, man, you really want to go back to that fourth down and, you know, and, and see what Tank Bigsby can do or see what a, what a play action rollout to the tight end would do. Um, and of course it's easy to say, but 
I thought that play, I think Cole's mentioned it so so many times since then, that the low percentage of success on the play makes it hard to swallow. Uh, but a lot of things leading up to that, the, uh, the Kobe Hudson fumble, bless his heart, man. You know, it, man. I, I, I love to see his emotion. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was nice. Yeah. Him and Zacoby. Zacoby, yes. too. Like when he got, I, that was surprising. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, that stood out to me. Me, too. And if you've known him, you've talked to him, you've seen his recruitment, you see how, what kind of kid he is, you know, that was genuine, just, oh, heartbreak for him. He knew how big that was and how and, – and, and you know what? Okay, I kept that in mind. And on that fourth down and goal from the two, I almost after, – after the play, I'm going, ah, I see what they were doing. They were going back to Kobe to, to let him amend for his mistake. It was going to be a great story. What a great story. Kobe fumbles, you know, basically the game away. And then here he is on fourth down making this fade, uh, the fade pattern catch, the touchdown to get him within two, um, with a two-point conversion to going. So I, I kind of saw – I don't know if that was even a thought in the process, but I it did cross my mind that, you know, they were giving this kid a chance to, uh, to amend his mistake. And on that play, I think that the more I think about it and the more I've looked at this game – is it a low percentage throw? Yes. Um, but I think when you break it down, it's not as bad as people wanted to, to think. And here, here's why I say that. One, I don't think it was completely predetermined. I think Bo kind of hinted it. We got the look we wanted. And so based on the look, that was the throw. So I don't think it was completely go out there. It's just we're throwing a fade. Nothing else matters. I don't think that was the deal. You heard Harson and them say their options. You heard Bo Nick say, we got to look, which is man-to-man. So that's one. It wasn't like the coaches said, let's just throw a fade. Like there was – I think part of it was Bo. And and and, and there, there had the possibility to do a few things. The other thing is um, I think Auburn had a bad break when Brisker lined up on Kobe Hudson. Because Brisker's, you know, probably their best defender and is a physical guy. And if you watch that game, Brisker played really well. If you go look at, he didn't give up much. No matter who was on Brisker, he didn't give up much. Kobe Hudson, there was a corner for Penn State that got torched. Daquan Hardy um, was on Hudson a few times. He was on somebody else. Like, if if somehow that guy would have ended up on Kobe Hudson, that would not – I think that would have turned out potentially very differently. So – so, like, was it high percentage? No, but I, I'm sort of backing off a little bit and being hypercritical of the call because I think that the 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 look said throw that into if if that's not Brisker on Hudson, if that's somebody else, I think there's a decent chance Kobe gets by him and has a chance. Now the throw was kind of on the line of that would have been a tough catch to stay in. I don't know, but anyway, um, I was just thinking more about that call um, and and and. What do you think about that, Cole, the way I kind of broke that down? Because if you go look, like Penn State had that corner, Daquan Hardy, if you go look at the stats, he didn't do well. Uh, Auburn Auburn made things happen against them. Brisker's had a game. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe that's something Bo should have seen. Like, oh, I'm not going to go at Brisker. But he was just kind of looking at the look and giving credit and giving credit to Kobe Hudson and saying, well, I'm, I'm going to go to him. He's a good player. But I think when you look at it, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad a call. 
it just maybe it just wasn't executed very well. Yeah, well, just just because of the execution and how hard it is to execute that play is why I don't like it. Yeah, uh, that's I, fair. I'm I'm just not for it. I, it's, it goes against my philosophy. What do you run? So I've heard everybody talk about how bad it is. What do you what do, what do you run there then? Like, what's your call? Two yards. They're not going to let tank. Like they're 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 keying on. Like you're not going to give it to him. That to me that's like almost as low percentage. But maybe I'm wrong. But like what uh, what should they run? I'm I'm faking it up the middle to Tank Bigsby rolling Bo Nick Bo Nicks out on a bootleg and having the tight end yeah. running an out route. So yeah, he's got an I, option I like- to run it or toss it to the tight end. I like the sprint out look there because you want Bo to be a factor. They have a they have a play where they do it's it's like an inside zone play, but it's a read, and you have a lead blocker with the tight end. I always like that on the goal line. I'll give Gus credit on that because he used to run that a lot on the goal line. He did it with Stidham in the Iron Bowl. He scored on a long run. He did it with with Bo twice in in two different Iron Bowls. He did it all year. That's always a good play on the goal line because there's so many. There's there's options and a lead blocker with Bo running the football. So I, I like that. I mean, the speed option worked against Alabama State. Would it have worked against Penn State? I don't know. It's worth a shot. Any any kind of perimeter run like that. How about the toss that they scored on earlier in the game? That was hard to stop. Uh, yeah, that's a good play. So, yeah, I mean, there's some options. I, I'm not going to say that it was the worst call ever. It, it wasn't the worst call I've ever seen in my life. But it was just – <laughs> I just don't love the timing of it. You know, I don't it, – it, I said the same thing last year in the Texas A&M game when Auburn had a chance to win that game. It threw the fade to Brandon Frazier, sort of in the same kind of situation on the goal line. And it's just – I mean, every time that play is completed, it's a difficult catch every time. If yeah. you watch when people throw the fade, it's always difficult. It's never an easy catch. You got to have somebody who can go up and get it. It's got to be timed just right. It's got, you know, you hope they're not pressing because if they're pressing, it's going to be hard for them to get off for that, and they were. And, uh, you know, there's there's always the thought that it could cause pass interference, but there's a chance they might not call it either. So, and they didn't this time, and maybe maybe possibly could have, but it was too in between to make that call. So, that's the risk you run when you run a play like that. Yeah. Did anybody – I didn't listen this week. Did anybody ever address – what the hell Bo Nix was doing when he was throwing the rainmakers? <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> no, I mean, no, nobody, he didn't, nobody, nobody directly asked uh, that. And I, I've never seen that uh, in a college football game. The, yeah. The, the second one to D Rob was, was the, was the most egregious um, or no. Well, yeah, that one. And there was, and, and even, even one to Shedrick. That yes. he stepped yeah. up and kind of did like a – it was sort of a half, like, lob. And it was it like was a hell – like a 35-yard Hail Mary. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. Yeah. It, I was embarrassed for him. I'm going, what are you doing? And, and It almost, is, is it he almost looked like – it looked like, a, like his response to, okay, I'm standing in the pocket. I'm trying to take this pressure. Uh, I, I'm really not comfortable with that yet. Let me just lob it and put it in the spot I think is bigger. My That's word. what it kind of looks like to me. It looked, it, like a, I, I, yeah. I, it looked like I was coaching the peewee team, and I said, throw it up there and let him go get it. And dude takes yeah. that literally. Like, I think he got <laughs> lost in the lights at some point. It was bad. Yeah, yeah it was like it a punt. Bad. It almost looked like a punt. It was yeah. exactly like a punt, yes. 
It was bad. I'm with you. I don't know. I don't, I mean, you know, that's, he has not been great at deep balls. I mean, it's just, they're not, they're not, he's just not accurate on how he throws those. And I don't know. Yeah. There was the one to to D Rob that fell out of bounds that, that, um, you know, D Rob never even saw the ball. Yeah. And, and, and then there was one to Shedrick, which he stepped, Col- uh, 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 Bo stepped up in the pocket and, and threw kind of a weird lob, toss it up in the air to Shedrick that was the, and I think on that play, I think he had, that might've been the play that Kobe Hudson was breaking across the middle. I can't remember. That was wide open. Um, yeah. And then he, he robbed the, I'll give Bo a little bit of leniency on the first one, like the first drive or something, because he had Austin Troxel decided not to block anybody on that play. And so Bo Nix, like, he had to get rid of the ball. And so he just launched it. So, I, you know, he didn't have a yeah. lot to do there. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was on some of those. Like Bo a is, that wedge. Is, he's, he's the most – boy, he's the most bipolar, <laughs> unbalanced quarterback because he'll make those throws. And then you look and you watch, like, some of the balls he threw – a completion to D Rob on kind of a short corner. Um, the out route to Shedrick Jackson that he dropped, that is a dang hard throw, um, was on the money. Yeah. I mean, like he throws yeah. passes like that, and you're like, that's an NFL throw. Right. And, yes. And, 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 and yet he can't connect on these deep balls, just become rainmakers. I have, well, I have no I'll, idea. I'll, he just loses his I'll say this. I'll say this on Bo with this game. He he stood in the pocket better than I've seen him do ever, I think, on most of his throws. But he's still not shifting his weight correctly. And that's where those those weird lobs come from because he feels oh, the yeah. pressure and he's still on his back foot and, and he's not he's not comfortable throwing he's not doing the right motions to get the ball to go where he wants it to go. So I, I don't have an explanation for the lobs, but that's what some of those throws that were short or just kind of hot and cold. That's the reason he's not consistent because he's not consistently shifting into his throw with his weight. He's just he's still learning that part. It's going to take a minute. I mean, it's not going to it's not going to happen overnight. This is brand new, and, and he looked different. He looked different doing it. Not running over the hear that thing. call. Nobody wants to hear <laughs> that. It's going to take time. Well, I'm sorry. Talking? Well, you have to get over uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe Bo by the time he's a senior, so far, he'll get the fundamentals down. <clears throat> so yeah, far in his maybe. career, this is what two and a half, almost half years now, two and a half full seasons. He is on the road against quality teams. When he is at his best, he's average. Yeah, in my opinion, and he was at his best against Penn State, and he was average. I mean, he got yep. he missed some throws. He made some great throws. He was up and down. He had a pick six that was dropped, um, but yeah. all in all, all in all, though, you don't you didn't lose that game because of Bo Nix, right? No, no, agreed. Correct, correct. You lost that game because of there were several drop passes, there were several blown coverages, and you know who I'm looking at, uh, <laughs> Puff Puff, <laughs> who is an absolute asset in the run game. And a freaking liability in the passing game. He has been since he's been out there, and nothing has changed. Yeah, uh, man, and I, and I hate that because he loves Auburn. He loves football. He's just man. He's just and I. I think uh, was it uh, Nehemiah back there? Who was who was uh, back at safety with smoke? 
Zion? Puckett, yes. Yeah, I mean, I he still don't a, know. Yeah. I don't even know how good he is yet. I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't either. I'm in by Darius. I thought both of them. Mm, they they yeah. both struggled at times, and it was obvious. And when, when it's obvious when you're on the defense and you're, it's obvious you're struggling, that's not good. Yeah. It's yeah. not good. Him and Bidarius, I don't know. Bidarius, we had by night, we, we heard so many good things about, and then he kind of gets passed by by Puckett. And I, I don't know. Uh, that's kind of been a little disappointing. I thought I thought Bidarius Knight was going to come in and be really good, and he still might be. But for Puckett to pass him, and I just, you know, I don't know. That, that position, I'm not sure how how great it is. But you're right. Bo didn't lose this game. They lost this game because of a number of things that guys could have done right. better. Not just Bo. Right. Bo could have done things better. Yep. But there was some uh, there was a lot of missed opportunities in in that game. Um, but you I would think about this. Now, this is his, Brian Harson's third game as the Auburn football coach. Yeah. You're playing a top 10 team, and that team is legit. Don't get me wrong. That's yeah, not really a big good. 10. T- I mean, they're, they're a good damn, they're a damn good team. You're playing a, a, a top ten team on the road on their wideout night. Cole, you love that, don't you? And you could have and should have probably went one with, with, with a very very average offensive line, and that might be being nice. Yeah, I mean, really, yeah. I mean, you you should have won that game. Could have won that game. To me, I, and again, I can sit here and name off probably fifteen to twenty. Wah, wah, wahs. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? But at the end of the day, I'm walking away from, from that going, damn. You know, taking a step back, I thought big picture wise, that was impressive. Well, and 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 look at it. And I've almost I've almost tweeted this, but I just I didn't want to um you know, I didn't want I'm not trying to make excuses or, or try to make Auburn better than they are or whatever, but look at it now. People think Penn State is a top six, seven, eight football team right now. They're six and one poll. Okay, so if they think Penn State is that, then Auburn in game three went on the road and lost to that team by eight. Could have been less. I mean, if if they don't have to go forward on fourth down, they kick a field goal. It's 28-23. Like if, there's so many things that could have gone that way, and Auburn wins that game. So take a the game back is way go, closer than the score. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the yards to win it. Yeah, so so look at it that way. Go, okay, Penn State's a top eight team, and you went on the road basically in game one. Like you had two preseason games, right. and then you went on the road and played them and were basically even. Nobody would come out of that game and go, I think Penn State's way better than Auburn. Most people go, they're probably – Penn State looks to me to be like marginally better than Auburn, like a little bit maybe. Um, if 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 those, if those two teams played three times this year, or two more times this year, I don't know who would how it would come out. Like I don't know who would take two of three. If you, you yeah. send Penn State to Auburn, then let's play at a neutral site game for the third and final one, the rubber match, if there was one. I I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So it's it's frustrating to lose that one because there's so many opportunities to win it, but man. Like you said, this it's hard to pick apart where Penn State is better than Auburn exactly, other than maybe in their coverage on defense right now. And that, that may not be a talent thing. It may just be the game plan it didn't match up very well. So, yeah, it's, you know, the things I, I, Rob Pate said this morning, or he said in his article, uh, you know, all the things that went wrong seem to be really fixable. Right. And 
you have a new coach of staff, you're you're early in the season. I mean, how many teams are are at full capacity after game three anyway, without a new coaching staff, right? So yeah, there's plenty of opportunities for Auburn to get better every Cole, single week. Cole, I think that goes back to my big picture stuff. You walk away from that going big picture wise, man. I'm feeling pretty good because yeah. all these little th- all these little wham whams that I've been complaining about up to this point are fixable and they're pretty easy yes. fixes. Right. So I'm walking away from that going, like I said, man, it's taking a step. That's pretty impressive to me. But if you, if you, if you go that route, you have to remember that a lot of the things that were wrong with Gus Malzahn led teams were fixable and were never fixed or were never addressed. Okay. So now you have the confidence question in your coach. Yes. Right now, maybe that's why I feel better because I have more confidence in Brian Harson than I do yeah. in Gus Malzahn. Yeah, I just – I liked the demeanor of the team when they were down. And even when Kobe Hudson fumbled the football, he, he held his head down for a minute. But, you know, they went here, – here was something that's – and back on the uh, – putting, you know, Hudson in that position after he made a play like that. So, Malzahn, it, it seemed like his thing was always, you know, we got role players, this is what they do, this is why we recruited them here. With Harson, it's more like, you know, I think they can do anything. I'm going to put them in a position to win. I, I, I trust my, my players. It, it just seems like the trust is there where it wasn't there with, with the previous staff. Or just They were too paranoid about things. I, it seems like there's more trust in the players and their abilities to, to make plays. Right on. on the, right on. On the defensive side of the ball, I, I want them to trust the secondary more. I mean, they didn't have a chance to make plays. They were, they were in deep zones a lot. And the underneath stuff was there for Penn State. I, I want to see him get into bump and run a little bit more. Now, I know that's not really Derek Mason's philosophy, but he may look at that game and go, hey, I, the guys that I have right now on defense are better in that facet of the game. Let's try to get them where they're playing man-to-man a little bit more or playing a shorter zone so they can affect some of these passing lanes and things like that. Yeah, I think Derek Mason just – I just think he he schemed it wrong. Just he didn't. Did, I just think he he went this and thought my front four was going to get pressure, um, yeah. and it and it didn't happen. And so and he didn't. You know he never really adjusted. I mean, and even on this, when I went back and looked at this game again, looked at that, like Auburn got more pressure than I think people think. There was pressure, but there it wasn't the kind of pressure to make a dramatic difference. And and Sean Clifford handled it really well when he had to. Um, you know, maybe rolling out just a little bit, making an, and making a throw, and then that's where Brian Hurston talks about plastering, and and that's where those guys weren't up on. There was a couple of times where he rolled out and made throws to guys that came back to the football and were somewhat open, and they shouldn't have been. The one that Nehemiah Pritchett gave up, the the, the mm-hmm. one that he sat back yeah. there forever. There was another one where he rolled right and he hit a tight end that just kind of caught it, and fell down, just wide open. Um, and so there were times where they did put pressure and forced him a little bit. And the, the secondary was nowhere to be found. And uh, I think that, you know, maybe they're not used to the zone. They're, 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 they're giving too much. I don't know exactly what was going on there. And so I'm, I'm hoping that this was just a deal of Derek Mason giving too much credit to Penn State uh, and, 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 and not allowing the over-the-top over the play. And maybe he'll get a little bit more aggressive. Let's see what he does against LSU before we make kind of determinations on – 
on, on Derek Mason, because Auburn's got the athletes to pressure, whether it's bringing Owen Papo, whether it's bringing Zacoby McLean, whether it's, you know, putting Romello height in there and some kind of stand up or like there's players there that he can bring. They just, uh, yes. they didn't do it. And it was clear. If you go back to what Harson talked about leading up to that game, he said Penn state had, you know, they like to make the big play. And if you look at Penn state's offensive quarter, Mike, uh, uh, coordinator, Mike, your itch or your sish, um, that was his MO too. Um, some of their – they had a big – their pass plays were big on average. Like, it was big plays. So, clearly, Auburn was like, look, we're going to do what it takes to keep everything contained. We're not giving up anything over the top. Unfortunately, that just led to an s- incredibly efficient game from Clifford. And what you didn't count on is the busted plays. I mean, that's yeah. almost – more. I mean, that's – Mason's probably sitting here going, yeah, okay, we could have gotten more pressure, but geez, if we don't give up, you know, three passes to tight ends that are just nobody's covering, what's that game look like? Like all those probably led to touchdown drives. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I mean, so he's probably saying, yeah, we could get more pressure, but my gosh, if we don't just let tight ends run free, what does that game look like? Um, So, but I'm with you. I think a lot of the things are easy. Yeah, I give some credit to, to Penn State's play callers too. Some of that stuff. Yes, really good play good calls. Design, good design, and 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 caught caught Auburn flat-footed when they were already flat-footed against the normal stuff. So, yeah, I don't know, you know how you cover the 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 play that they ran that Auburn ran in the past with the with the tight end lines that lines up yeah. the left tackle, and they ran that in an up-tempo situation. How the heck do you catch on to that in a, when you're up tempo, you're back on the line. Next thing you know, the tight end lines up at left tackle. It looks normal. I mean, I just like that was a that was a heck of a play call at that time. I don't even know what you do about that. Yep, that in the the double pass where uh, they they threw it uh, backwards lateral and then he threw it again to the tight end. That was was tough too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'm with the, you. the concerning I think- part was was when they stacked two receivers, one was a tight end. Oh, uh, they had Monday yeah. <laughs> forgot who he was covering or something. That was terrible. So, yeah, that, that was a big play. That was a huge one. And it's, Literally it's, it's followed worrisome. McCreary. Like, McCreary was in front of Smoke Monday, and McCreary went with the wideout, and Smoke Monday went with them. Like, And it was like, oh, sh- never mind. You got him, so who do I have? The guy running, the guy that broke down the middle of the field, that was that was atrocious. That's the stuff you, you cannot let happen ever, or you will have a chance to get beat. And that's and that's where you, you hope that that's a bright spot of man. The, some of those are really easy fixes. They're really easy fixes. Yes, I'm yes. more concerned coming out of this game. So we talk about easy fixes. That's why I, my number one concern coming out of this game is the wide receiver position. It was a concern going in. I just I just sort of was reluctant to give them a lot of credit because um, I didn't know where the playmakers were. And I come out of that game even more concerned because um, although Kobe Hudson looked good, there's some reason that he's thought of as the third receiver. I don't know why. Maybe that'll change. Uh, he, he's he's good in the slot. Like he he got lined up in the slot, and I think there's advantages there because he's he's talented enough to to beat some beat the guys who are over him there. But past him, you know, Bo Nix and Demetrius Robertson have to figure out how to get connected because because to D Rob's credit, that's his strength is speed, and he made it happen at least twice. 
getting he beat the corner twice down the sideline and and neither neither ball was catchable. So to his credit, he did what he's good at, which is run, and they couldn't connect. Uh, but then past that, man, Shedrick had a well bad night. Um, yeah. And then, and then nobody else. You know, Javaris Johnson still banged up. They desperately need him to be healthy because he can create separation. Um, and then, I mean, Xavier Capers nowhere to be found. Elijah Canyon nowhere to be found. Um, like, they got to develop something at that receiver position because teams are just going to load up and focus on Tank and that running and Charquez and that running game. And uh, they've got to, Nick's is Nick's and those receivers have got to figure out who's a playmaker and 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 be able to create plays downfield. And that's not an easy fix. That's not yeah. – I mean, that's that's yeah. more of like, are we lacking talent? I know Jeffrey's harped on that like crazy. Like, they need ballers. And uh, I don't know if they got them right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. On the other side of that coin, John Samuel Shaker continues to stand out and make big plays when they need him. And they, they seem determined. Yeah. They seem determined to try to get it to Tyler Fromm, too, but didn't happen. Uh, so they're, they're working on opening up the options. It's just, it's, it's got to connect on it. I mean, you can't just be the deep rest. I mean, they went deep to Fromm. They went, they they had Shanker on a lot of different stuff. Maybe that's what they started to look at this week and, and say, let's let's get some of the shorter game going with with multiple different targets. Let's uh, you know, let's spread it around a little bit more. Find somebody who's real reliable with their hands and things like that. And and that could be the problem with Hudson because we've seen him drop a few. He dropped no, a couple last year. Yeah, he's inconsistent so, at times. Yeah. yeah. Then again, they, they seem real confident in Shedrick Jackson and, and and nothing against Shedrick Jackson, but he's never really proven to be the top target, I guess you would say. Um, maybe he's maybe he's the best practice guy. Uh, but but he's he's there's a place for Shedrick. I mean there absolutely is. It's just is he the go to guy? Is he the guy you want to throw the deep balls to every once in a while? I, I don't know. That that may not be the answer there. So, you know, this week you got to find guys who can reliably do that moving on to a bigger game on the next week in Death Valley. So it'll be interesting there. Got to win that one. Yeah. Yep. First time since 99, right? That would be the first time in Baton Rouge since 99. Yeah. Yep. So speaking of 99 and Baton Rouge, people named Cole. Started a uh, a curse. I believe that's when they smoked the cigars at midfield yeah. Tiger Stadium, and Auburn hasn't won since. Some voodoo yeah. juju going on down there. Uh, yeah, I think we should blame Cole Keeble. Um, I'm on board with that. <laughs> um, yeah, and and uh, like Gus losing in 2007 is almost a fireable offense. Losing that game in Baton Rouge in 2007, it, 17 is Seven, yeah, 17. absolutely so hard to deal with because of the stretch of not winning in Baton Rouge. And then you go up 20 to nothing or 21 to nothing. Mm. You clearly are the better team that year. 
a team against an LSU team that just two weeks prior or whatever had lost to Troy and you go in the shell and allow them to come back and win that game. Absolutely pathetic. Still pisses me off. It's just pathetic. Yeah, it was a rough one. I, I always think back to that double move route where Will Hastings was absolutely wide open. Oh. They hit him. After that, very, very, very general vanilla play calling. Absolutely. I think they ran carry on on first down like every play, almost every first down once they went up 20 to nothing. I think if not every one first down was just was a run to carry on every single first down run. Oh, yeah. Run to carry on up the middle. What else concerns you guys from this Penn State game? Um, You know, we will figure out the defense. Let's see if that was a game planning issue or what. Offensive line, the tackles I don't think played great in the pass pass protection. Troxel got blown, got just he didn't just get yeah. beat. Troxel got, I mean, the guy just made like one move to the outside and just ran by him on the inside a few times. That that cannot happen. I mean, that's that's not getting beat. That's um, that's something entirely different. Um, offensive line, I mean, they ran, you know, the run blocking was was pretty good. Obviously, they ran the ball really well. I think it was the best running game against a ranked opponent since like 2014. I mean, that's as good as they've looked winning and, and looking dominant at times running the ball in a long time. But um, is there anything else that stood out good, bad, when you think about the stretch they're about to play LSU in Georgia and Arkansas and Ole Miss and A&M? What, what else concerns you or gives you hope that, that, they can, that, they can, that they can run that gauntlet? Is there something they can hang their hat on that they've found that Matches up well against these teams, Jeffrey. What do you, what do you, what are you thinking as you try to figure out what the next five, past Georgia State, what yeah, those I'm next five at the SEC games? Yeah, I think they they match up well with uh, more more along the lines. I thought they matched up well with Penn State. To be honest with you, that's why I thought Auburn would be up ten early. I thought Auburn was going to jump out, and maybe they had, maybe they would have if they had caught some passes and not blown some coverages. But that's what I'm taking away from it, fixing those mistakes, having confidence in the coaches to fix those mistakes, something that we didn't see a lot of in the past. Um, I do feel like, though, man, you know, every year it seems like we look look past games like Arkansas and Ole Miss. And this year, you know, you can't do that. Uh, I didn't realize Ole Miss was the top, what, 15? Their offense is so scary. It's, it's yeah. going to be whether Auburn can keep up or slow them down and – Take you know, Lane Kiffin's always trouble. Um, yes. So, you know, but I, I, I'm the only thing I'm taking away from Penn State, and I've said it three or four times already, is the big picture of this program. Um, I thought Penn State was going to be a win. I thought that was probably going to be Auburn's eighth win of the season. Now you're looking at maybe going to a bowl game and getting an eighth win, eight and five, or something that I'm looking at realistically. Now I'm trying to be realistic here. I don't think Auburn can beat Georgia. I think if they beat at LSU. They should. They can and they ought to. Uh, Georgia's just too talented right now. I don't. I don't think Auburn is going to be able to uh, to win that game. I think Arkansas is going to be a good game, one that could be easily won or easily lost. I think feel the same about Ole Miss, Texas A and M. I'm not crazy about Texas A and M. I don't see when I watch Texas A and M. I don't see number seventeen in the country. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't see it. I think their defense yeah. is really good. I think. I think the offense is not is what's taking a step back. Uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think, I, I think Auburn can be in that game. I think their defense is, A&M's defense is very good, but their offense is not anything that 
Auburn couldn't contain or, or be in the game with. I, so you get so you get win number three this weekend. My prediction: you get win number four at LSU. You win one of Arkansas, Ole Miss, A and M for win number five. You beat Mississippi State for win number six. You beat South Carolina for win number seven. You're seven and five going to the whatever bowl and getting you a win and finishing eight and five. And that's I don't that, that's about as good as you can hope for. Um, I guess you could hope for an undefeated season, but that's not going to happen. Uh, and maybe and maybe Auburn, you know, and maybe by the time you know, maybe maybe Auburn is better than Arkansas and A and M and Ole Miss, and they can they can sweep those three games. I just don't. I'm, I'm trying to be realistic here. You get one game out of there, maybe two. Now you're looking at seven or eight wins at the end of the season. Whereas I thought with the Penn State win, it would have been eight or nine. Still think Auburn's yeah, going. Yeah, well, well, based off of the performance against Penn State, it, I mean, wins are possible on the schedule. Absolutely. You may have looked at it before the season and gone, nah, yeah, I don't know. So, I, I, you got you have a little bit more hope moving forward, just like we were saying with the fixable things. If they get those things fixed, the things that are easy fixes, they're going to have a shot to win just about every game they play, barring Georgia, Alabama. Yeah. I completely agree, Cole. Every game on the schedule besides Georgia and Alabama, in my opinion, Auburn can win. They yeah, might have to have some cool. things go their way, but I have, I have, those are the only two losses that I see. Let's put it that way. Well, I don't see, I don't see answer. the rest as wins. I just see those two as yeah. losses and the rest as toss ups, except for Mississippi State, South Carolina. Um, I'm just like Auburn. If they don't beat LSU, and I, I'm going to be wrong about this team. I, I, I will take, I, I will take that risk. Auburn's going to beat LSU at LSU. And if they don't, then there's going to be problems. Yeah, I could get behind that as well. And to, to go off your, your question, Justin, uh, one of the things that I liked in the game was the run defense I thought was pretty good. Um, they were – they seemingly got stronger as the game went on in the run defense. It looked like Penn State had smaller and smaller lanes to run the football. Uh, I, I think the defensive line is actually pretty good in that facet. And, and the linebackers were not terrible there, especially when Wooten came in the game. I thought game changer at linebacker. And I'm not taking anything away from McLean and Papo. You know, they're always able to make plays. They're always going to be your leaders on the defense. But Wooten's kind of in that role, too. He's, he was better than team captain. Uh, I know, thought he played so. well, too. I, he was one of my guys that I said I thought he helped, helped his cause. I didn't see a ton of drop-off. I think he had 10 tackles in the game. So, I'm, I'm with you. I, I thought he – I thought he was, you know, I mean, he's half, I mean, he's right, right there behind those guys. He's a really good player. So yeah. I'm with him on that. And then you have Tony Fair, Marquise Burks in the middle, and running on them is not going to be easy for anybody. Uh, you look at the Alabama and Florida game, who, who would have thought that Alabama would struggle to run the football and Florida would excel running the football? So I, I like Fair and Marquise Burks in the middle, and I think they're probably going to, continue to be pretty strong against the run as Auburn goes through its schedule. Uh, yeah, Marquise Burns has been a really good a really good player as well. He's been – he. I was asked about him after the first game, you know, hey, can he continue this? And I, my answer was, I don't know, but he, ha- but he better. Like, I, I, I think I – think, I mean, we'll, we'll, let's see, but I'm like, he didn't have a choice because they have to have depth at that position. He has been huge. His emergence yeah. has been huge for that defense because they don't have the depth there. And he has been very productive in his limit. He probably plays about a third of the snaps so far, but 
he's been very productive when he's been in there. Like seriously, one of the most important players on that defense is is Marquise Burks right now. Yeah, I'd like to point out too that in two games in a row now, he has a clean strip on the football twice. He did it in the Alabama State game where he got a hand on the ball and stripped it. He did it again in the Penn State game, stripped it. Both of those times, Auburn did not recover the football. So, uh, you know, he's he's got some game-changing ability in there. He's starting to show that maybe maybe that'll start to pay off for Auburn eventually yeah. on defense. Yeah, that rush defense has been really good. They're giving up, you know, they gave up 80 yards to Penn State, which is fine. That's probably the one weakness for Penn State, I would say, is that they didn't run the ball great. I mean, I think Wisconsin held them pretty much in check, and Auburn held them in check, too, yeah. in their own home stadium. That's probably the one weakness, which is crazy because they have a good – Noah Kane's a really good back. Um, so, if he they is. can figure that out, Penn State is going to be even that much better. But to hold them to 80 yards rushing um, – for the and that includes whatever you whatever Clifford got scrambling. He held Noah Kane to 45 yards yeah. rushing. Um was a really, really nice performance from that rush defense from Auburn. We'll we'll find out more in the coming weeks when they play in in the SEC. But they, they better keep they better keep that up. But I'm with y'all. I think it's hard to say must wins that you know I, I try not to get into that kind of language because you don't know what's gonna happen. But it's yeah, hard right. to imagine it's hard to imagine Auburn having the season that they would like to have or meeting expectations if they don't beat LSU because of the emergence of Arkansas mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of the reality of how good Ole Miss's offense is. I mean, you, you could hold, Miss, yeah. hold Ole Miss offense in check and they're going to score 31. Right. Like that would be – you could hold them in check. So that becomes like – that's difficult. You know, you're at home, but – that LSU game now, you're looking at going, whew, if you don't win that, you're on the road at Arkansas, um, you know, Georgia mm. and Alabama and AM, you know what you got. And you're, you're thinking, if you want to have the season you want to have, eight games, let's say eight and four regular season, if they want to get to eight and four regular season, um, they almost have to beat LSU because that's, if they lose that game, that's two. If you're thinking Georgia and Alabama, you're at four. Now you win at, now that means you have to win at Arkansas, you have to win at AM, yeah. and you have to outscore Ole Miss at home, all of those. So Yeah, and Je- Jeffrey, you were talking about matchups like with Penn State matching up with Auburn. When you're looking at the matchups, you have to like how Auburn matches up with Arkansas, but not really like how Auburn matches up with Ole Miss. So <laughs> agreed on I both mean, of those. The way, yes. that, <laughs> the way that Ole Miss throws the football, Matt Corral's on fire. That's gonna be whew, that's gonna be a tough one. Robinson You're going to have to hope that you, you 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 need to run for 300 yards on all this. <laughs> You're going to have to you're going to have to run 55 yes. 60 times Huge. and and you know, 55 times and and run and push 250 plus and and limit a, take a couple of possessions from them. That's that's 14, the only 14 way. 14 15 play drives against Ole Miss a team like Ole Miss. Yeah. Got to keep the ball I, out. I don't know there. what the I don't know what the time of possession was in in for Auburn in the Penn State game. But it was like thirty one when they needed to. Yeah, well, when they needed to, they were able to string together some drives, and that mm-hmm. was important. I mean, you have to like that moving forward. Well, and that, and honestly, and if, you're, if you're thinking about what to take from that game, the drive that they made down to twenty one ten, you yes. we'll see how the season plays out. But that you that that drive could tell us a lot about the kind of team you have because you have a massive turnover. You give up a touchdown. You go down 11. 
and you literally turn right around and punch it down their throats yes. and score a touchdown. That is a that's that's a that was a massive drive, and that that character a lot about this team. Character defining, yes. Yeah, well, we we we've talked about them being unfazed by the crowd noise, but I think they were unfazed by Penn State having momentum. I mean, right? They had momentum. They were fixing to run away with it. And Auburn said, not so fast, and put together a big drive and scored, and, and like it didn't matter. Like, like you couldn't tell that they were bothered at all by the momentum swing. And that's a good and even sign. the drive that and even the drive they didn't score on the, that ended with the fourth and two. I mean, that's 28 20. And even that one is seven minutes to go. And you're like, this could be our last drive. What do they do? They go right down to the two yard line. I mean, they almost yeah. did it there too. I mean, twice in that game when they really, really, really needed a drive, they, they did it. So there are some good things, and we'll just have to see if it holds up. But there are some some moments where it could show us a glimpse of of what this team is capable of from a mentality standpoint, for sure. Um, the only other thing I would say in the Penn State game that stuck that sticks out to me as an issue is uh, four red zone trips for Penn State, four touchdowns. Mm. That's not great either. Look, in this day and age, offenses are going to move the football. It's not about this day. And it's not about yards anymore. It's just keep them out of the end zone. You, you don't really even look at yards and total yards necessarily. You know, you look at some things like third down conversions or yards per carry. And, but that, that was kind of a bummer. It's one thing to give up busted plays for Penn State and let them get down there, but then they, they couldn't clamp down. And that, that is one thing Kevin Steele's defenses did really well is they would clamp down in the red zone and, that 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 you know that that could have won you the game too. Okay, fine. They make a big play, they get down there. But now, can we clamp down? And then it, it didn't happen. I mean, you just let them march right down the down the field for a touchdown every time they got in the red zone. Four for four. That's they, the other thing that that's got to you know, that's got to be corrected. Auburn's defense on those drives bent and then broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Steele's was more of a bend but don't break. Yes. Yeah. You just, you, you got to limit, like I said, in this, I mean, in, in this league, especially in college football, your teams are going to move the ball in the SEC. You, you, so cool. That's great. But I mean, if you, you hold them to a couple of field goals somehow and clamp down, um, which is kind of surprising. I have to go back and look in the red zone and see how they did that. Cause Auburn didn't give up a lot of rushing yards. Uh, the busted play got him down there. Of course, one, one of the busted, the, the one where the tight end lines up, over the left tackle. I mean, they didn't chase him down to like the two yard line. And then even that, it took like three, three downs for Penn State to get in. One of their other touchdowns was Dotson running on the backside of the end zone that they just fl- forgot about him. They were playing zone and just nobody realized that he's that yeah. wide open. So there was, and then I guess the other one was a completely busted coverage as well on the goal line. Um, easy toss. So yeah, that red zone. Again, that, red zone though, that was the other disappointment. There, there were some pressure issues on those plays, too. You talk about Auburn did get some pressure, but but they didn't get it when they really needed it. you, you got to be able to stand tall in the in the red zone and then on the goal line like that. Pressure was non-existent. Clifford had all day, and somebody came open in the back because you got guys playing in zone defense who aren't 100% comfortable with it yet. So, yeah, that's how that happens. Yeah, I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see how, what they do, just because I don't know Derek Mason well enough yet. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I know we knew going in he's a zone-ish guy. He's going to run more zone. But, like, is he willing to, to, to scrap that and go 70-30 man? Or is he like, look, 
we're just, we just need to get better at it, but we're going to be 60, 40 zone. Like, I don't know him well enough to know um, what, what he's like yet. You know, if he's going to go, hey, what, we should do more, man. Or if he's just going to go, guys, we got to get better at what I'm teaching you. And is Auburn going to be like this all year where they're going to play this soft zone and, and give stuff up? Are we just, do we just need to get used to it or, <laughs> and he, you know, or, or what? I don't know. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm so curious to see the LSU game, what, what the changes are, what he does, what he does differently, if, if anything. Because like I said, he could look at that game and go, I kind of liked what we did. We just need to do a couple, you know, maybe we'll blitz a couple more times, but other than that, I'm going to keep playing zone. Yeah, that's the biggest question. How does he view it? Because we'll be able to find out maybe not so much this week, but when they go to LSU, if that's the game plan going forward, if they do that again, because LSU, they can throw the football. I mean, we talk about them being a little bit down, but they're, they're pretty good in the passing game. Max Johnson is is, yeah. is pretty solid doing that as well. So uh, they're going to have to have a, a, a better plan against another pretty good passing attack to, to have a chance to win the game, you know. So that's, that's what you want to watch for. Hey, I want to talk some recruiting before we get out of here, but real quick, I have to mention, look, we, we think George – I mean, Auburn obviously should win – Georgia State, I think that lines up to 25-plus or 26 or 27 or something. Uh, Georgia State's not great. I mean, they're going to run the option. They're going to run the football. They beat um, the Darling team, who they just beat. Charlotte, um, who got a lot of attention, they beat them. But, I mean, they're not – you know, we remember Georgia State going up to Tennessee a few years ago and beating them. Um, but, I, you know, Georgia State's th- – th- you know, they're probably better than Akron and Alabama State, but they're not going to beat Auburn. But how about Sean Elliott? Did you guys see Sean Elliott, the coach of Georgia State, what he said about this game uh, on Monday during his press conference? Normally, you know, you would say, man, Auburn, great program, man. You know, we're just going to go up there. You know, you would try to keep it low-key or whatever. (laughs) He comes out and says, um, basically, he's like, if you guys think we're going to be intimidated, like just because they have a lot of fans and they let an eagle fly around, I mean – you know, he's like, it's just a game. It's just a football. He was very dismissive of Auburn. I th- he even made a comment about having a couple of coaches on staff with losing SEC records. And uh, I was like, where is what's that this, coming from? What's um, this dude's name? Sean Elliott. He used to be, and I'm wondering, he used to be, and I think he was the offensive line coach at South Carolina for a lot of years. So he worked with both. Yeah, I'm, yeah he was, yep. And so, you know, and I, I don't, it was kind of out of character. I haven't heard anything ever bad about the guy. It was just weird to have kind of just some dismissive, more dismissive comments of Auburn instead of just going, hey, hey, it's a great program. What an opportunity for Georgia State to go to go play a great football team and then go and then go do your thing. But to, to, to say, what do you think we're going to be intimidated because they have a big stadium and they let an eagle fly around the field? It was just like, I'm not sure that the, the attitude I'd take, but it was odd to me. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. He looks like a he, 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 look, he looks like a Richard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They may have caught him at a bad time. I, I, I believe I believe he I believe he went and got and went to get in the pool with Alan Green and Brian Harson and they said, Nah man, you keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> what a complete Richard. Complete Richard, big Richard. <laughs> anyway, I just thought to bring that up because it was weird. It was just like it was weird, man. Um, yeah, yeah, it's strange. 
We'll see, but I don't, I don't expect an Auburn letdown or anything. I think I think this they're too dialed in. I think to what Harson and this new staff is trying to do to 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 be in any kind of malaise over a road game or a tough game coming back and playing. You know, they might overlook them. I don't think so. I think they're going to be. Um, I think they're so dialed into trying to get better at what this staff's trying to do that I don't I don't think it gives a lot of room to overlook an opponent. Um, so I, I think it should be. We'll see what kind of performance they uh, do, but especially receiver. I just want to see if they give other guys an opportunity. I mean, to me, Capers and Canyon, those are two long, rangy, big guys. And I, I don't know what they're doing in practice to, to, to not get any love, but, but that's, that's some big targets that I, I sure would, would want to be throwing the football to um, if I had an opportunity to. So we'll see if they can get a, a little bit of a action on Saturday. Um, all right. Hey, Recruiting. Let's let's talk a little bit about that before we head out. Um, if you're not on AuburnLive.com, you should be. Um, we have the War Room up. Went up on Friday, which is always a um, awesome piece for football recruiting. You also have Hoop Scoops, which covers basketball recruiting as well. Um, Jeffrey, what are what are some highlights of of where things are at with Auburn? I saw they're after some offensive linemen. Holy smokes! Um, what a what a change that would be. They're after some decent offensive linemen, but where do things stand? Football recruiting kind of been quiet, I guess, because you had some yeah, meaning. Well, not meaning. Yeah, you had home games that you're not going to bring kids to, and you're on the road, and now you have Georgia State, and so they haven't really ramped up the official visits yet. But where do things sort of stand with with football recruiting at the moment? Well, I think after three games, I'm, I was really surprised in the last 48 hours. Did some digging just to find out kind of where Auburn stands with some of these guys. There's you know there's two. Big time high priorities offensive lineman at Auburn High School right here um, in town. Drew Bobo, Eston Harris, um, and then you've got Tay Woody, a guy, uh, a, a versatile dual. He, he can play both sides of the line right up here in Lafayette. Um, and then you've got, of course, Riley Quick up in Birmingham. So you've got these four guys, top targets, and um, really – feel like Auburn's making the move with each of those guys, especially the two kids at Auburn, as well as Woody, who's committed to Florida State. You know, Woody committed to Florida State back in June over Auburn. And, of course, Auburn's taking advantage of uh, Florida State's terrible, disastrous start. And uh, he's going to be in town today for the game. And Drew Bobo will be in town for the game. Eston Harris will be in town for the game. All three of those guys are coming in today. Um <sighs> Riley, I always want to call Riley Pierce because I covered Pierce's recruitment two years ago. Pierce is now an offensive lineman in Alabama. Riley is a baseball player. He is committed to uh, Alabama to play baseball. Auburn is offering him a chance to play football. He's a big offensive tackle at Hewitt Trustful, and he is certainly considering that. Brian Harson, Will Friend, both of these guys are, are, are recruiting him. He's coming down for the Iron Bowl. He's going to come back for an official visit. So a lot of positive move, uh, a lot of positives. Um, a lot of buzz, a lot of momentum for Auburn along the offensive line. We've got Malik Agbo, the kid from Washington State, huge 6'6", 320-pound offensive tackle coming down for an official visit for the Mississippi State game. Um, so a lot of good news, a lot of good vibes going there with the offensive line recruiting, something we haven't seen from Auburn in a long time. Uh, we haven't seen this much good news from the offensive line recruiting. Um, and then you've got you know, some JUCO defensive backs that Auburn offered this this week. Cole had everybody heads heads up on that. Um, then you got Robert Woodyard, the linebacker from Williamson down in Mobile, uh, coming in for the Georgia game, going to come back possibly for the Ole Miss game. I think there's a really good chance for a flip there. 
So Auburn's looking at a good flip, uh, a potential flip in Teddy Woody from Florida State, Robert Woodyard from uh, from Alabama, potentially Riley uh, Quick from Alabama baseball, although uh, it would be football at Auburn. So these guys are, are taking advantage of some of the momentum they've gotten. And that Penn State thing, I, I think you wrote about this on, on the corner, Justin, is um, – if anything, you know, that, that there was such buzz and such attention on that game. Auburn received so much publicity um, yeah. that it, it's really got things going. And if Auburn can, you know, take care of Georgia State today, go into LSU and win next weekend, then uh, – is that right? No. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And then, and of course, come back. Georgia's going to be huge. That Georgia game for recruiting will be huge. And just letting those guys see that atmosphere. The game might not come out the way Auburn fans want it, but just having that atmosphere, all those recruits on campus will be absolutely huge. And let's not forget, Jairus Walker will be in that time, uh, in that on campus for that game is that weekend as well. Oh, and I he's believe be that, mistaken for a football player. And I believe, is that not tip off at Toomer's weekend as well? The Georgia, Georgia weekend? Yeah, yeah. Friday, Thursday night. <laughs> Thursday night. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things going on recruiting wise. Although it, things won't really get heated up until that Georgia game, and and so Jarris is coming that Georgia weekend, Jarris Walker, Jarris and Trey Donaldson so, both. So they're going to have pro day as well. They're going to have pro ba- basketball pro day is I think maybe that Friday. So you got tip so off if, on Thursday night, pro day on Friday. Yeah, so I don't know when Jarris and them are coming. Uh, I, it, it would be unbelievable if they. I, I guess I don't know how long those visits can be, but um, forty eight hours. Uh, yeah, I guess they want them to experience that Georgia game. So I, I didn't know what the chances were of them being able to experience tip off and then and then maybe walk in on a pro day. I don't even know if that's allowed, but that is going to be a busy. That's yeah. going to be a big a, weekend. A busy, a busy weekend. Um, yeah, the Penn, You mentioned the Penn State. Yeah, so like game it was like two million people watched. The game was seven plus million. Um, so that was wow. a whole lot of eyes on on Auburn football and then a good performance. Um, right. So right. A, really a good day for the future of Auburn football, I think. Um, Cole, where do things where do things stand in, in, in your mind? What, what what's the next month hold for Auburn football recruiting? Where do, where does the focus need to be? Where do people need to watch for? Jeffrey covered that pretty well. He the offensive line's the biggest focus, I think. Maybe the secondary is the next biggest focus after that. It's funny, you know, uh any defensive back offers went out between the time Harson accepted the job and maybe, you know, around the summer, there was multiple 2022 DB offers going out. And then you just don't really hear much about it anymore. And now they're going towards the JUCO route. Probably going to look at the portal too when it's all said and done. Uh, so is it a swing and a miss on all of them? I don't know. Uh, maybe. So they're looking at some JUCO guys, but the, the main thing I'm taking out of that is, is the size on the guys that they're offering. They, they want tall corners. They want tall safeties. Both of these guys they've offered here recently are 6'2 plus. So maybe they had a change in philosophy and what they wanted in the secondary, and that's what they're looking at now. So huh. I think those guys are, are who you want to uh, monitor going forward. The two JUCO corners they just offered um, – as far as offensive line, you know, like Jeffrey was saying, you got to be feeling good about Bobo, about Eston Harris. You got to be feeling good, better about Tay Woody, especially with everything going on at Florida State. And that's not always, you know, the end all. 
but it, it certainly shows the program in which the pro, or shows the way in which the program is heading and players can pick up on that players families can pick up on that and they may not want to be a part of it so uh yeah I'd, I'd look out for tay woody and he could play offensive line or defensive line depending on the numbers on the offensive line i think um well i sure do I'll like a couple line go yeah I, me personally i prefer him at defensive line i think he's yeah. i think he plays a little bit out of control at times on the offensive line but that translates better to the defensive line if that makes sense at all yeah because he's because he's He's uh, really athletic, and he's good with his hands and he can get off blocks and things like that. And I, I'll just like him on the defensive line. But he's good enough that he could play, you know, guard, maybe even get a look at center on offense. I was thinking Ben like Grubbs' that. mentality. I don't know if you remember Ben Grubbs. I think he was uh, oh, yeah. Elmore County maybe or somewhere, wasn't he? Yeah. Was he, where, where's the eclectic? So. Wasn't he eclectic? Yeah, Elmore County. That's right. Yeah. Is that where, yeah. He was a stud D lineman and went on to play many years in the NFL. I think Hugh Nall moved him over to offensive mm-hmm. line, made yep. him a, a damn near All American if he wasn't. He was and, awesome. Uh, yeah, played for the That's Ravens, right. I believe. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I was watching and, uh, and the Saints. And the Saints. I was watching Woody, and I thought, damn, I love this guy on the defensive line. And then I'm uh, thinking, man, well, I love Ben Grubbs too, and uh, guy that athletic yep. could easily awesome. make that move. If, like you said, now he can get it under control, play within, you know, you got to be a yeah, lot more right. controlled player on the offensive line. But um, I think you, he's a guy you get and you figure out where to put him. Where can he hit exactly. the fastest? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And another guy, Tyrone Green, I think he was a guy that, yeah. that was playing defense. One of the offense. best two so stars. Yep. Yep. Offense made he, it happen before. Green. Where is he from? Is he South Alabama? No, he was from Florida. Oh, that's right. He was from Florida. I don't know why I just thought about him as a as a mobile kind of player, but he turned out to be a good offensive lineman after switching. And then oh yeah, he was from the Panhandle, Pensacola. Pensacola, yeah, played yeah. for the Chargers. Was a really good player. You got a guy on that the was Tuberville, right man. Tuberville, that was his yes. expertise. Tuberville could take that staff could take dudes and think about Will Herring dropping down and linebacker and playing in the NFL forever. Or, Carlos Danzig yeah, switching over. Yeah. I mean, got Jay Ratliff. I mean, yes, a list of guys that switch. Guys you never, you never heard of, and then they're out there making big plays all of a sudden. You know, I remember Tuberville's thing when Tyrone Green was signed, and I think it was one of my first classes starting to cover. He walked into the complex the first time, and he looked. I looked at. I think it was Brian Matthews. I looked at Brian and I said. Now that's what a two star looks like. That dude was sloppy as hell. I said, that's what a two star looks like right there. Yeah. Oh, I said yeah. last year, man, we we're talking about we we're talking about Tuberville players. I I thought about was it just last year? I forget. Jamie and Sherwood would have been an all SEC linebacker. linebacker. Tommy. Yes, sir. Holy smokes. Absolutely. No He'd have been moved down and would have been a baller at outside linebacker. And, and I love Possibly Sherwood. Possibly Monday, too. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Sherwood, <laughs> I remember, I'll never forget this because I took a picture of him, but he came to A-Day the, before his senior year. Let's see, A-Day would have been in the spring. He was probably a junior, yeah, uh, about to start a senior year. But he came to Auburn, and the recruits set up here, uh, set in their little section, and Sherwood went up about four or five rows high. And set up there by himself, 
And I thought, man, this guy is either into this or he is completely out of it. And I took a picture of him and he was up there by himself the entire day. And I actually asked him about that. And he was like, man, I was sitting up there picturing myself playing on this field in this stadium. And that's when I knew I wanted to be, I love Jimmy for sure. I thought he was a fantastic player, That's pretty cool. Um, but I thought that was, that was a cool awesome. story, man. That dude could talk no some doubt. trash. Good oh God. yeah. He could chirp with the Jeez, best of them, man. That dude talks some <laughs> smack. And he's such a nice guy off the field too, man. Very quiet, believe it or not. And this dude's out there yakking. Him and smoking yakking. was too much <laughs> for me to handle. I was like, him and smoke Monday, you, you could not go a play without one of those dudes just running their mouth. Smoke, he's going to have to yeah, get better in coverage yep. before he can start talking. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, they'll both catch flack, but but you can't you can't criticize their intensity. They both brought it. Absolutely. They both bring it. So. I can't decide. It's smoke like Junior Rose Green. You know, Rose Green wasn't great in, pa- in, pass pro- uh, in, in pass coverage, but he wasn't a liability, if I remember correctly. Not like, really, you, no. no. I mean, he, he, yeah. Great against the run. I'm he was not probably sure a little compare bu- smoke with him. It's tough, man. I just don't have any confidence in him in, in, in past situations. Hey, I, I, listen, and, and while I'm looking at Justin's helmet there in the background, I got to say this, man. Those white face masks and those white uniforms. What are you laughing at, Cole? <laughs> In my opinion, in my opinion, dude, I thought I thought those white on white face, all that Auburn wore Saturday night, best college football uniform I've ever seen, top to bottom. It was pretty. It was pretty badass. It was. I loved it. uh, It was pretty sharp. I loved it. I personally think they should stay with the white face mask for a while. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And honestly, this is just like getting into the details, which is fun, but. It, it to me it makes every it makes the colors pop more, especially on the helmet, because then that orange that and blue on the helmet pop more. because yes. everything else is white. Um, best, best best I've ever seen. It looked good. It looked good. It looked really good. They said it was, I mean, it was a. I'll be curious to know if they ever do anything. You know, orange face. Orange face. They've done orange face masks in the past, obviously, like in the seventies. So I, that's always probably on the table potentially to come back. But the white face mask that could be more than a throwback thing. Like that that could be. They the could make uniform. that change for some games, and it'd be it'd be perfectly fine. That was sharp. Yeah. Well, as far as 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 far as pleasing older Auburn fans who don't like change, the orange face mask might be the way to go because I know some old heads who would love to see that come back. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm wondering if that picture come that back. I'm trying to picture. I yeah, I think there's there's the potential for that to look good. I, I just uh. Uh, I think I, of I'm, Randy Campbell. I think of Lionel James. I think of those guys. Yeah. That was early 80s. Yeah. I don't know if Bo ever had an orange face mask. Maybe in his freshman year. Yeah, maybe I freshman. Think I think freshman year. But Randy yeah. Campbell playing with that linebacker face mask. You know, he was wearing like, you remember <laughs> yeah. Cornelius Bennett. I mean, that's what kind of face mask Randy Campbell won. <laughs> or <laughs> I love Randy Campbell. Still do. I'd like to go hunting with him. <laughs> um, well, cool, man. Well, let's uh, let's end on that. We'll uh, let's do it. Hope everybody's having a good Saturday, man. Go head down to Auburn, watch that game, and 
We'll catch up with everybody next Saturday for the Modcast before Auburn plays LSU. Make sure at auburnlive.com, $10 to subscribe right now. Uh, we've had an awesome month and a half, um, and so we, we, we want you to be a part um, of it. And so uh, make sure you go, go be a part of auburnlive.com um, and uh, join the community, join the corner, and have fun with it. Um, Lot in. Yeah, man, it's just so easy, man. For Cole, for Jeffrey, I'm Justin. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com dot com in Kansas one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit one eight hundred gambler dot net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming hope is here visit gamblinghelpline ma dot org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope NY or text HOPE NY in New York.